Alright, all good? Yeah. Yeah, we're rolling. Alrighty. <coughs> rolling. Roll. We can't use that. That's last Roll. week. That's an entire week ago. <laughs> the day he used to play the guitar, I used to play the drums and we were gonna go far. Hanging out man, school harassment was my thing. Larry on bass and Scott tried to sing. That's the time of my life. Where did it go? Now Chuck is gone and that's the end of the show. I miss my friend. I wish him well. I know he would have said, oh, what the hell? <sighs> we are just 100,000 and we have taken control of your radio station. This is... The podcasting, which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hard enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you are going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nathan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Adam Bodger. Hey. And Mr. Andrew McDonald. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Oh god! Well, if you I got... knew we were doing Simpsons characters, I would have been Frank. <laughs> <laughs> he'll make you laugh. He'll make you think. He <laughs> likes He's out of punch off. And then the thing with the person. And the thing with the. Speaking of things with people, mm. uh, at number sixty, <laughs> this is Teenage Fan Club. Uh, this is a song called Sparky's Dream. That monkey is going to pay. Teenage Fan Club at number 60, that song called Sparky's Dream. Uh, Adam, what do you make of that track? I think Scottish is probably like my favourite accent. It's pretty great. It's, it's, it's really it's, I think you'll find you it's, have a crush it's on pronounced Scottish. Great. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's great! My crush on Lauren Mabry from Churches is... It's primarily because she has a Scottish accent. It doesn't sex- hurt. It's sexy as hell. It doesn't hurt. I'm dead sexy! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was just like a timer going down. Yeah. As soon as there was any Scottish accent, it was like, yeah. yeah. We've begun the doomsday clock. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Teenage, Teenage Fun Club. Club. They wait. <laughs> oh, that was like that was <laughs> a lot for my in, ears to deal with. <laughs> yeah, that was in stereo. Yeah, <laughs> but like, ooh. that was great. So, um, four songwriters in this band, I, at least. So, I, like, everyone, everyone has a go. It's like the Beatles. Some of them are two songwriters. Some of the. <laughs> well, that's just, I think, that's just like a. 
like how Radiohead, every yeah. member gets a writing credit. Yeah. It's like, because you're all... I think it's like... No, but there are plenty of bands where, where then... all the members of the band will bring in songs for the band. I mean, the Beatles. But not the but not all bands' Wikipedia pages mention that. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> this, this well, we'll see did. about that this evening. No, I mean, and, and, and it's also, not unique, but it is significant. No, and also, a lot of the Beatles, are, they are the ones who sing lead vocals on their own songs. Yeah. My knowledge falls down, and I don't know which member of the band is the one who both wrote and sang in this, uh, but... Mr. Love? Mr. Love, I love, I there you go. The bassist. Mr. Love, the bassist. Name, but he, yeah. I, right. Yeah. Mike. Cool. Mike, Mike Love. Mike Love. <laughs> How is he not a rapper? <laughs> I don't think it's Mike. It's Gerard. Is it? I, yeah, I can provide Gerard you with that Love. information. Gerard Love. Still a That's fine why he name. That's a rapist. Um, yeah. Okay, so what I think is really interesting about this is the subgenre that it falls into, which is something known as C86. Now, this is really, really niche. Um, it's existed for only a small period of time, and it only refers to UK acts. The name refers to a mixtape that NME put out that was supposed to showcase the best new kind of British bands at that time, but specifically ones that were doing the kind of guitar rock kind of style. Right, it's, so it's a real snapshot of... A- particular moment yeah that's right that's um, right tied to shoegaze as well yes Mm. because uh these guys were label mates with my bloody valentine Huh. So, so Enemy puts out this this C86 thing, and very soon people are just referring to a particular kind of sound and yeah, a particular right. group of bands as being okay. a C86 band. Now, it has a bit of a dark side to it, because uh, it was kind of more like musical conservatives, I guess, for lack of any other better term. You know, the ones who were like, ah, oh, it has to have guitars or it's not real music. The ones who were very much against kind of the, the sampling electro and hip-hop that were around at this time. Were, yeah. They were the ones... And the trip-hop, like, yeah, you know, things are shifting quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well, they were the ones who were really getting on board the C86 stuff okay. and so it, it you know like it carried that kind of connotation with it a lot as well like you know that's real music not I'm trying to think of whatever. other other examples of like a sampler or something that kind of really did, and I'm sure there are some but I'm just yeah. at a loss that like kind of define a, a genre or a you know yeah the- is anybody familiar with Teenage Fan Club? Well, yeah, um, I picked up their album Bandwagon S kind of when I was getting into more like indie pop sort of stuff, more power pop stuff in particular. So this is like equally influenced by like the British rock scene at the time, as well yep. as earlier stuff like the Pixies and Cheap Trick and, you know, like pop music with an alternative kind of edge to it, really kind of the getting like a best of both worlds thing yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah totally. Teenage Fan Club are iconic, man. They've been going for forever and they're still together. One thing that I really noticed as well, though, is this: like they are often uh, mentioned in relation to Britpop, which was obviously yeah, for pretty sure. big at this time. Yeah. Oh, in fact, Scott Pop. Yeah, you want to know how big they were? Oasis. Uh, they actually had a quote that was famous at the time, saying like they're the second best band in the world. Talking about Teenage Fan Club. No guesses for who they were referring to for number one. All right yeah. for Oasis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Rebecca's Empire. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't a Britpop song. Like, no. so many of the hallmarks and trademarks of Britpop are distinctly missing here. There's so much more sincerity, and there's so much more kind of lushness. And it's very sweet. It's very, yeah, non-ironic, uh, non-sarcastic. And dare I say it, like, a little bit Americanized. Like, it's not necessarily... Proto-new sincerity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... I, like, I, I think particularly with the harmonies, like, a little bit of Beach Boys in there. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clearly dig on the Beach Boys. That's definitely yes. a big part of it. You know, with a little bit of shoegazy guitar, like, lushness in there. It's nice. It's pretty innocuous. Like, I don't think, you know, it's it's not much of 
anything, but it's very sweet. Like it's it's very lovely and charming to listen to. I think like looking at it now out of context, it's hard to kind of, as you say, like attach anything really strongly to it. But I think yeah. you can definitely see how this band would have been an influence on bands that were to come and how this sound um, w- would become an evolving sound throughout the course of uh, pop music and alt music, as as you like mentioned, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think for what it is, like the elements that they play with are really nice. Like um, it's it's got enough edge, it's got enough bite. The the guitar sounds really lush. Um, uh, the hooks are there. Like yeah. I think I oh, think very much so, it yeah. succeeds quite well. And I and I actually quite dig it as a song. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, they're still going out. They have a new album coming out in September. And that is going to be their 10th album. Hey. That's that's huge. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely massive. This comes from their fifth album, which is called Grand Prix, uh, which I dig. Like, uh, I, a Bandwagon Ass is my favourite Teenage Fan Club record, but, like, pretty much all of their 90s material, you can you can find some something worth its salt in there. And like I said, like, they're one of those bands where, like, when all these like post-punk revival bands were coming through in like 2005 and like all mm. us kids were hearing them for the first time it's just like oh my god this is so new where do they get all their ideas from <laughs> and then you hear Gang of Four for the first time you're yeah. just like oh so that's where they got all their ideas <laughs> yeah. from yeah like when you're a kid and you're first starting to get into like indie rock and stuff like that it's just like oh man this is so cool where do they get their ideas Spring and then you- Springsteen yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just throw in a teenage fan club record, it's just like, oh my god, that's every song I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a fine song. I didn't really get down with it that much. Like, it was enjoyable in the moment, but I will have no qualms if I ever hear another teenage fan club. I don't think they're for me. Oh, fine. Yeah, it's it's not really. Well, I think they're of... great. So fuck you. No, a, I'm, I'm glad you got some pleasure out. That's great. That's mainly what I say in my Scottish accent. I just say <laughs> things are great. Donkey, donkey. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you thought you were going to get through the hottest 100 without hearing a song from Clueless? What? As if. Uh, this is Jill Solbule at number 59 with Supermodel. So Buell at number 59 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a little ditty called Supermodel. I came to know Jill So Buell originally because uh, one of her songs, uh, which would later be uh, reused uh, title-wise as a very, very famous song mm. in the 2000s, used to get picked on Rage all the time because of its cameo of a very, very 90s figure, Fabio. Hey, Fabio is in... The Jill- most beautiful man in the cosmos. Oh, very much so. Uh, he features in Jill Solbule's video for her single, I Kissed a Girl. Uh, so when Katy Perry broke onto the scene in 2008, I legitimately thought... Oh, someone's covered I Kissed a Girl. That's exciting. <laughs> I love that song. And then I heard I Kissed a Girl. 
none of these lyrics are the same. This and <laughs> doesn't sound like I kissed a girl at all. This, this is, is a really weird, abstract cover. Very yeah. abstract cover. Uh, Mac, uh, you you got supermodel good looks. Uh, uh, you know, very kind of you to yeah. say, David. You I'll, didn't I'll, today. You, 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 you are you are ageless in the yeah. style of Paul Rudd. So. Uh, <laughs> Nobody is. Uh, so, um, yeah, give us your take on Jill Sobule and the world of Supermodel. Like, I have a bit of affinity for the movie Clueless, which this is from. Don't we all? Features in Clueless. And Does anyone is... not like Clueless? Has anyone not seen Clueless? Ah, uh, check it out. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's okay. great. Yeah. You, haven't seen, you haven't seen Clueless? Look, with all the original movie soundtracks that are coming through in the 1995, <laughs> I'm, I'm, 100, I'm, which we're currently like, reviewing. I'm amazed you didn't even watch none. it for English. Like, we watched it for English to contrast with Emma. Mm, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's Emma in the same way that 10 Things is Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, no, exactly. Um, I, we great, compared... great films to watch back to back. Yeah, oh, but you know, like, no, uh, Hottest Hundreds and Thousands movie day is going to be... Batman Forever. Batman Forever. And Clueless. Clueless. And Judge Dredd. And Judge Dredd. Top, oh Bill, top Bill Judge Dredd. Yeah. We could sell tickets to that. <laughs> yeah. Launch party. Clueless that in the middle. Sell, that Lo- would sell the fuck out. Launch party season four. Yeah. Hey, rap party season, rap party season, uh, season three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You're all invited. <laughs> <laughs> or even better, we act out <laughs> oh my God. all of those films. A staged reading <laughs> on your wireless. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, by the players of hottest yeah. hundreds and thousands. Yeah. If we get so many subscribers, etc. Yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah. If we, we, if we hit 10,000 downloads, we will do a table read. And we'll get one of the. Well, who's the dudes with the, the sound effects? Foley oh, artist. Foley artist. Yeah, like, yeah. Is, someone, is that someone at the door? <laughs> it's me, Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you're beep, under, beep. You're the evidence dread. has been falsified. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> We're getting kids to rewrite the scripts? <laughs> like, this is like the kids' theatre thing they did it's with me, Birdman. <laughs> On Jill Sabule. This this is a fine enough song, I think. It's like a gateway drug to Hall. Yeah, right. Who are in turn a gateway drug to And if anyone knows about gateway drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Courtney. (laughs) Never misses a shot. Yes, she is. (laughs) Never misses a shot. That's our Deej. Yeah, this is a fine song. Like total, like it's a step towards whole, which is in turn a step towards Riot Girl. So I'm always happy to make the people make these steps. Um, the music is like kind of grungy enough to like, like we said before um, last week that I was talking about Batman Forever that like alternative music was being copped by the mainstream, like in a way that like this is clearly a pop song and sounds poppy enough to cast a really wide net of people who are going to watch a mainstream movie with Alicia Silverstone in it. Um, that it isn't going to alienate anybody for it's like for sounding rough like a whole song might so it's enjoyable and poppy in that way or like first early one it's albums one and two whole songs that is like so the song is fine in that regard but still kind of alternative sounding enough like for like for a normie pop song um and this is not me shitting on it like it's casting a wide net and it's meant to and it does it pretty well the bridge about the i didn't eat yesterday i'm not going to eat today or whatever like her words exactly um is kind of lame sounding but I think it's really important to convey the fact that she is making fun of this supermodel lifestyle even though it sounds kind of crap and ham-fisted but again it's casting a wide net so it's like yeah this song does exactly what it needs to do for a Clueless song a song on the Clueless soundtrack not an uninformed song um yeah, I, this song does what it does pretty well, and it's very catchy. And as soon as I saw the name that was on the thing, I'm like, that fucking song, I remember that, like from the 90s. Yeah. Like, total triggered my nostalgia. So, yeah, enjoyable enough. 
And I think there's a there's like a fair bit of heart under the irony of the the character, and you know, talking about the supermodel stuff and everything. Mm. Like it's not it's not without its charm, and you can really get into it, which is nice. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of fun. I like I think the music is pretty great. It's, the bass is really great at just keeping the pace of the song. Yeah, like it's real fast, and it's fun yep. for that. Yep. I think there's some actually really lovely guitar tone in that kind of. I, I'm really bad at describing guitar, but you know yeah. the kind of like. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. stuff that's Got a bit going of on. To it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like yep. honestly, sounds she was a really good guitar. Yeah. yeah, some of that guitar sounds better than half of the like guitar rock songs we've talked about. Oh, I big think. time! So, for sure, for sure. It's great. Like so, Jill, like she does a lot of sort of character songs. I like, guess coming from that kind of folk tradition where you yep. you write songs in characters or whatever, and just fits that really well. I think it's it's great, and it's it's a good. I think like as much as it's a gateway to go back and listen to Hole. It also feels like a bit more of a mainstream codifier for this type of song, which then enables stuff like Garbage. Oh, or, sure. Yeah, poppier, mainstream, girl rock kind of stuff. And then even stuff later on, like like Lash. You know, yeah. Like, I, I what think, a deep cut. Yeah, right, right? <laughs> They're just often who I think of when I think of, like, you know, slightly more contemporary girl rock. But I think, yeah, this is kind of a bit of a mainstream codifier for that, particularly because it's in a big movie. Yep. And in the same way that Clueless was kind of a film codifier for 90s girl high school click movies. And it's yeah. great. Yeah, this is a super fun song. Like, it would be weird to not like this song because it, it, it's yeah. fun. Why do you hate fun, Adam? I don't know fun. <laughs> I think this is a perfectly fine song. Pretty much what I got from it is what's already been said, like almost identically. So it clearly communicates what it communicates very well. Yeah, exactly. But, right. Yeah. The only thing I would add is that I think uh, part of the reason it does it well is because it also does it subtly. Uh, there was a moment at the beginning where I'm listening to it and really catching myself wondering how ironic it's really being, uh, which I think is nice. It's a yeah. really nice place for it to sit. And I think like often the things that undercut it, at least initially is just the style and that's really cool i haven't seen clueless so i don't know how well it ties in with the the film but i imagine quite well and i know that a lot of people have a lot of feelings towards it and i imagine that those feelings are pretty residual towards its soundtrack as well so i can imagine how this was both well loved as a track when it was voted into the the hottest 100 at this position and uh, also probably held in esteem now even if people have forgotten about it you know hopefully there's someone listening right now who had completely forgotten about this song, mm. but really got into Clueless, really got into this this track, and is now reliving that. Shout out to whoever you are. Seriously, not saying Clueless is such a massive fucking. I'm blind sorry, spot. Man. I'm sorry. I, 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 I can't get over it. Yeah. Hey, it's yeah. it's basically like our generations not having not seen Star Wars or The Godfather or something. You know, it's just one of those no, movies. That's gonna be. Am more I like, that guy? No, oh. that, I reckon our generation's movie of that is Shrek. Samba. Oh. <laughs> Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> Can you imagine meeting somebody in their mid-twenties who hadn't seen Shrek? I've, I met them and they, you, you don't, nah. Oh, I, I got out of there pretty quick. They were looking kind of dumb with their finger <laughs> and their thumb <laughs> and the shape of an L on their forehead. <laughs> not oh. all-star material. Definitely not. Definitely not. They might as well be Couldn't on the get sun. their shine on if they tried. <laughs> Is that the lyric? The world's going to roll there Get your day. game on. Get your game on. Get your game on. But go play. Sh- but other things shine. Uh, yeah. Oh, all, all, no, all that them. glitters is gold and only shooting stars break the mold. Uh, well, it's all... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, FBI Radio is a cool place and they, they say it gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> 
Climate change. <laughs> yeah, I think if we can just drop climate change every episode from now, we've done our bit, guys. Yeah, big time. Shouts out to Al Gore. Oh, we've, we've, we've totally done our bit. Uh, yeah. The podcast is powered by me just, like, peddling. Uh, yeah, yeah, just exactly. Just to keep it green. Yeah. Tim Flannery can win the countdown. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, this song rules. Uh, I love Jill Sobule. I love her hits, and I think she's a radical lady, and I love Clueless, and I'm going to make you watch it. So that's that's Great. the 411 on that. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> At number 58, it's Pollyanna. This song is called Lemon Suck. Coming in at number 58 in the 1995 Hottest 100, that track was called Lemon Suck. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. We talked to the, about them not that long ago. It was only uh, this yeah. week before How, last. Week eyes. before last. Yeah. 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 Oh, How Grey Eyes. Oh, shit. We loved it. <laughs> I didn't mind I'm it. shaking my head. Spoiler you can't tell. We did not love that song. I, I, I didn't mind it. Was, it. it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. And isn't okay. this... Fine. I think I. This is I better. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna vouch for this being better. I no, I like Pale Grey Eyes more. Sure. I, I prefer yeah. this. I wasn't so sure it was better. You know what I want more of? I want more of the bassist's vocals. Yeah, she's the, the she's, lady. Yeah, she's lovely. Her voice yeah. is gorgeous, and every time it comes in, I'm like, ooh, this, you know. Yeah, maybe it's lovely because there's not that much of it. Like, um, nah. ouch. No, it's just it, it, she. It's nice. Less no, is no, more, darling. Yeah. Less is more. No, not in the way that it's good to have like no diseases. <laughs> I don't think the lyrics are great. Um, yeah, just you know, he's sucking on a lemon. He's sucking on. It's just like <laughs> they're too this, fruity. And and I think the riff is a bit too scaly for how much they use it. That riff being after like every line in the verse, it just it feels a bit crutchy. Like it's not. I like the I like the guitar tone. I th- yeah. I think it's kind of like mm. twangy and like power poppy. Like uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a twelve string Rick and backer. Like down 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 down. Yeah, cool. And cool. I think that overly repeated riff is a bit of a trope for rock at the time. Uh, yeah. I think we've seen it a lot in kind of a lot it's of. Isn't like the riff enough? I guess. Maybe that's yeah. probably what it is. Um, yeah, it made me kind of think of something for Kate, but with less yeah, good songwriting well, uh, and the vocals would aren't not have made interesting that comparison. enough. But, but now he says it. Yeah. Sort of? No, like, not, not for Deej. Uh, Deej's uh, like, like, what the fuck else, <laughs> Sort of like Elsewhere for 8 Minutes era, like super early something yeah, for Kate, like Captain it's, era. Yeah, yeah, Cap, like it just made me think of that. But like, I can sort of see that. But lacking all of the things that something for Kate do very well. Mm. Um <laughs> Like yeah, having a like, very tall, very handsome, ageless front man. Yeah, who, who has like a really interesting voice and uh, you know way of songwriting. Whereas like, yeah. yeah, 
I think Mr. Pollyanna is like the vocals. <laughs> Mr. P- Mr. Pollyanna, Mr. Paul Pollyanna. <laughs> his name is Matt Handley. Right. Uh, I, just his... don't, I, I just don't get I enough from Mr. him. Mr. Pollyanna. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, should, he should change it deep, Paul. You made the remark before. He kind of like, he almost mumbles through half of it. It's just like, it's not. That's kind of the there. vibe, though. It's kind of going for that slacker jangle kind of deal. It just doesn't get there for me. But like, it's yeah, fine. I like, I, and, you know, I don't, this song isn't enough to hate, but it's just not special enough. And I think there's. We're mm. seeing enough other bands in the countdown that are doing this kind of thing in mm. Australia at the same time. I just think, yeah, it's perfectly serviceable. I just oh. think it, it's solid, you know? Like, you, this is, this is uh, you know, 8.30 opening band at the Annandale, you know? Yeah. That, like, you know, th- well, that's they're not going to get any further than that, but, you know, you got that... You just say, oh, I know that song. That's a good one. And this was the band that we talked about, Dave. Uh, you coined them a classic bridesmaid-sounding band. Oh, totally. These were the guys that supported Paul. They have the support port list on the Wikipedia entry kind of yeah. thing. That's right. And um, actually, just throwing back to the last time we talked about them, mm. um, you jokingly said, do they support Tumbleweed? I did some research. They did. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, and you know where Will I found that? You know, I found that on the Pollyanna, in brackets, Australian band Facebook fan page, which I have to say is friggin' lovely. Is it really active? It's, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't check the dates or whatever, but there are a lot of posts in there. So at some point it really was. And there were a couple of people who were really, really determined to get in there and to post, you know, recordings, whatever they could find about this band. Like at some point, and obviously continuing, these guys were loved mm. very, very furiously. And I think that probably is to do with them being linked to a very specific time and a place, especially in Sydney. Yeah. Um, that is the vibe that I kind of get, yeah. especially... Go and check out the Facebook page. It's, it's it's a lovely kind of shrine towards very dedicated fandoms. And as someone who listens to a lot of music from a lot of different bands, but and because of that doesn't really... I don't really consider myself a massive fan of anything. To witness that kind of fandom, I find really moving and really touching. There are so. 416 likes and three of my Facebook friends like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There you go. But yeah, See, I mean, I think mid-90s, especially... You know, music is is less available than it than it is right now. So yeah. you know, and it's and you're seeing probably seeing more live stuff as well. Obviously, Deej is the exception to that rule, but it makes sense that you know you pick yeah. up you pick up more local bands that you really like and you feel really strongly towards and. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's it, nice seeing them in, in the countdown. We, like, we, I, we I can't don't hate yeah. this song at all, but it, we can't say it enough. It's a reason why these. These mid nineties and early nineties uh, hottest one hundreds are really really cool. Yeah, because um, you get to see stuff like this. Absolutely, that's that's where they're preserved and where yeah. they live. I had a bit of nostalgia with this song as well. I remember that um, I guess like on a lemon or a lime line, like like when when oh, they really? came on, I was like, oh shit, this song, no oh, way, cool. oh yeah. wow, yeah, I remember oh, that's it, that's really hearing cool. it at the time. I remember my mum used. I think my mum maybe had the single or something. Like I remember hearing it a bit in the house a bit. Yeah, so I had that pleasure from it. But the song, as we've said, is perfectly fine for what it is. I preferred it to Pale Grey Eyes. Yeah, there's nothing that particularly stands out positively or negatively about it. Fine for their fans. Oh, throwback to 15 minutes ago. Uh, they also supported Teenage Fan Club. Hey, hey. sick. Yeah. There you go. Oh, and I'm also on this page. I'm also on that page that you were just talking about. Yeah. And I found out in their alum, there are former members, uh, people that have been in the band, including current Living End drummer Andy Strachan. Hey, so there you go. Oh, Keeping speaking of the Living like- End, uh, Matt Handley, who I mentioned before by yeah. name, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pollyanna, Mr. Pollyanna, Mr. Pa- um, Pollyanna, guitar tech for the Living End, and also for Tame Impala, the no little-known band. Gosh, yeah. guess he's so, doing all right then. All right, nice. <laughs> Shout out. It doesn't feel like he only goes backwards. 
Yeah. Hey! <laughs> That's right. It speaks to their, their place oh, in the I guess the, the more Australian we know the better. The yeah. <laughs> that was a better one than <laughs> mine. You, that was... You. I knew you... Oh, see, I can't, I can't play the He's just let his game. career happen. That's what he's done. Happen. Happen. Let it happen. It's gonna feel so good. Let it happen. Let it happen. Oh, we're just taking shit tons of acid. <laughs> <laughs> They're back. Lemo, lemo. <laughs> Le- Lemon sucked. Unlike. Oh, 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 lemo. oh, shit. Oh, shit. He just fucking did it. <laughs> it did, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is you two at number 57 with Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill lemo. Me. I mean. That was acclaimed Irish rock group U2 uh, with a single independent with, Irish with a, artist yeah, U2 yeah, with, yeah. with acclaimed Irish rock song. Yeah, acclaimed <laughs> Irish rock song. Hold me a thrill. Hold, me. thrill, kiss, and kill me. Yeah, yeah. Parentheses traditional. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Pogues did it as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I am going to move away from the microphone and let these three motherfuckers. Uh, oh, you ha- have nothing to say about no, this no, no, song. no, no, no! I'm oh, gonna yes. wait. I'm gonna wait my turn okay. as the sole U2 fan of the group and let you guys tear this song apart limb by limb. Starting, I think you might be disappointed. I think you might be disappointed as well. Really? This yeah. song, oh, this, this song was fine. It's pretty good. Oh! Okay, no, 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 no. Back, <laughs> I back mean, it's up, trash. <laughs> it belongs in the bin there, because there it's go. trash. Yeah. It belongs. I hate. Oh, I hate the I'm melodies. So so close! I hate Bono. Yes! Oh! Oh, yes! Jesus. I'll have what me's having. <laughs> we'll back it up. Woo! We'll back it up slightly as David cleans up over there. Oh. 
it's batshit insane. Like it is. We can't. You can't get away from the fact. And yeah, I'm using the batshit term. Mm. I'm going straight forward. I'm not tiptoeing around people. that. Right? Okay. It's insane. It's an insane song that's made by insane people at an insane time. This is the time where you two are literally getting on stage in costumes and making prank calls in the middle of their shows. Oh boy! It's insanity. Um, in fact, this this entire song came about because uh, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Director of Batman Joel. Forever. <laughs> Joel. Uh, he wanted um, the one of the alter egos of Bonner at this time. So to explain that, you two for the Zoo TV thing. So for whatever reason, they were getting on stage and like playing characters. Uh, some of the more notable ones was the Fly, which is like Bono in leather with big '70s sunglasses. You had the Mirrorball Man, who was like Mirrorball. I'm not making it. See, this is this is the insanity. He was dressed up in like a, 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 a best a, joke band ever were <laughs> suit made of Mirrorball material, sending up TV evangelism. And then you had Macfisto, yeah, uh, who. Who is most important to this story? Who is basically like a devil character? He spoke in a yeah. in a British Mephisto accent, and uh, is, is the devil. Yeah, Mac- one of it's, the. No, the no, it's it's Mac. No, I know, but it's based off Mephisto. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. It's based off of Mac at Night, the moon based character from the commercials. <laughs> Take it from uh, our Mac. Um, <laughs> and and these were all apparently in a very U2 kind of way supposed to symbolize aspects of consumer culture or something. Ask Bono. But this is what was going on, and Joel Schumacher wanted to include Macfisto as a kind of Easter egg inside Batman Forever during like a party scene. And it didn't happen, right? No, they talked about it, and they okay. said this is not a this is not a great idea. So great. this, you know, the, oh, the, the the insanity has limits. But Joel said, "Well, can you do a song?" And at this time, they were working on since you've come in, <laughs> <laughs> since you're here. Could you could you give us a song? Uh, and they've been they've been working on this one for some time. In fact, uh, on the cover of the Zuropa album, you can actually see uh, letters that uh, are spelling out like "Hold Kiss Kill" or something like that. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly, but it's it's like an Easter egg on the on the album cover as well. Uh, but it's not complete, which mm. is a, a supposedly a reference to the fact that this song was in the process of being written and they didn't get time, so they included it as part of the zoo thing. So that's how it came about. I think it's suitable to listen to the soundtrack because it doesn't sound like it would fit that well on to a U2 record. No. Like, and that's why I said... It's real cinematic. Like, it's yeah. super huge. Yeah, that's right. Which is, I think, where we're at. This, this, these are the terms you have to come to when you are looking at this song, is, is that level of theatricality. And personally, I don't know about you guys, like, for all that kind of dressing up and... And weirdness Bombast. and whatever. And yeah, they literally were making prank calls to the White House on stage. Like, I'm not... As the devil and being like, I like what you're doing. Yeah. And everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> burn! Oh, sick! <laughs> it's me, the devil. That mean it bad. <laughs> I'm glad that bands do this. I, I have to say, like, I, you, you pick your side when it comes to theatricality. And obviously it can go be taken too far and it can be do too much or whatever. But, like... When bands decide to go to this level, like, I have to say I always kind of respect them at shooting for it. You know, the polyphonic spree, uh, when they when they dress themselves up like they're, they're a, a cult, like, sick, was way behind that. All the stuff that Mike Hem did um, for uh, the Black Parade, like, I thought that was, you know, very successful. <laughs> All the stuff that Spinal Tap did with Stonehenge. <laughs> There's, yeah, and metal in general, I guess. Yeah. Like, Alice Iron, Cooper. Fucking Iron Maiden as well, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. all, all, bring it on Eddie the Ed onto, onto stage or whatever. Like, it adds... 
it creates the world as far as the song goes just to I fucking love it. Like, I get into it so hard. I think... It's pretty great, hey? It's some of the Edge's best work, man. Like, the melodies are gorgeous. The dip into the chorus and the slides Mm. and then with the strings accentuating that. Like, I think it's... It's just, like... And I remember, similarly to, like... Andrew, you, you remembering uh, Pollyanna when you were younger. I remember encountering this song when I was younger and getting my ass kicked by it. Mm. As a kid, I thought this was the the best shit. It's pretty immaculately produced as well. Like, yeah. I love that Bono's vocals are, like, they sit within it. He's not... At the fore. He's not. And, yeah, and, yep. and I think that's really good. Like, it, it lets the song have this huge sense of scale. And that's and it's fantastic. And, yeah, obviously it fits so well on a movie soundtrack, but it's it's just a real good song. Yeah, I think this is a fun song. Like, I, I um, I'm a pretty vocal, like, unenthusiastic person when it comes to you two. Um, particularly Lettuce stuff. They're actually re- they're mo- they're absolute earlier stuff. I have a f- small amount of time for the eighties um, kind yeah. of Joshua Tree era, even pre. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free Tree, Boy War. Free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. War's yeah. my favorite U two album. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my, my parents had it a lot. So hey, Ditch. Hey, man. <laughs> my parents played it a lot as a kid, so I have some affinity for it for that. And there's a kind of post punk aesthetic that goes along with it as well. True. To a degree. Yeah, big um, time. Yeah, and um, this song I had a fair amount of time for as well. It was a weird... I didn't expect... I, I don't remember it at all. So it was a real, like, wow, it doesn't like you two at all moment. And, like, it's, it's certainly more in line of the kind of music that I like than anything else you two have done in the last, like, 20 years or whatever. So, like, I mm. enjoyed it for what it was. Like, everything that's been said, yeah, the sense of scale is huge. It is dramatic as fuck. It yeah. makes so much sense to be in... Batman Forever because that was a way too over the top Batman movie that embraced the comic book nature of Batman more than mm. perhaps any other Batman movie not to a credit not to its absolute credit obviously it's not a great film um, and this is like not a great song but it's huge and Batman Forever was huge and everything about it works but both of you spot on about saying Edge did some great work here and Bono like sometimes the vocals are almost hard to make out like in a, not in a negative way it's just it's, they're almost like an instrument um, and and then that fits with the like the themes of the song about getting lost in fame, yeah, and, yeah, and you know the dizzying heights and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Like it fits really well. Yeah, I think the song is fine. I would I don't love it, but I would never like actively go out of my way to hear it. But like it's absolutely fine being where it is in the countdown. To be honest, like it's a relatively it's accessible U two rock song that happens to be way too over the top. Sorry, David, to let you down with my lack of hatred. Yeah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <sighs> The Without- jo- okay, the, the Joe Ramone song from a few years ago was absolute batshit awful. Fuck you, Bono, for that piece of shit that was on my phone for a month. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that was so bad. Yeah, and yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. If there's no evil, there can be no good, you know? Like, I need you guys to hate you two so I can love you two. See, I think for you, perhaps, this, you, you'd, you'd want us to be hating this song so then you can hop on the defense of this song. Because you the, can do your live but thing for, again. But, you can be on top of the cliff punching trees and coming yeah, blood. No, but also, <laughs> whatever else. You also, two do not forgive trees. They <laughs> forgive trees less than live. Because I imagine for you, David, this might not be... like Because you have... A, way more familiarity and B, way mm. more love for you 2 mm. So you, this song might just be like a middle of the road. Oh, it's not that great. It doesn't sound much like you 2 Yeah, true. Is that what it is? Is it gassy? So. Is it gas? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's gas. <laughs> Look, I, I I enjoy the the strange like theatrical melodramatic side of you 2 I love the fact that in the '90s they were just like, well, we were the biggest band in the world. We can do whatever the fuck we want while we're up here. Yeah. You know, it's just like... no Let's one's gonna... call Salman Rushdie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they did that too. He loved Why it. Why the fuck not? 
that is basically the response to everything you two did up to it and up to uh, all that you can't leave behind which was as Bono described their application to become the biggest band in the world again which they succeeded at to be completely fair but that's not also not how you do a PR for an interview for an <laughs> album that's that's just like that's like grow quality oh uh, totally like Bono can be a total wank pheasant I'm fully aware of that there's a book out there called Bono on Bono that's a, that's a real thing like jerking off with both hands <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the title of the next U2 album <laughs> I'm jerking off with both hands and they're oh. just like ding 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 but do you get into this hell yeah okay yeah this is wild i i think it's super fun like uh i love bono i love mcfisto (laughs) 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 i love i love zoo tv that i love all this fucking hectic crazy bullshit um yeah i don't think we get to talk about them for a little while but uh this was fun while it lasted y'all wasn't another lemon (laughs) Oh hell yeah Number 56 This is Funk Junkies That's PH Funk And uh, And Z Junkies And E's Junkies Uh, This number Is called Chuck That's CH Chuck Junkies at number 56 with what the fuck, Chuck? And I believe that is a pretty valid question for everyone in this room. What the fuck? What the fuck are we dealing with here, people? Who who wants in on this? This is a like leg weakeningly bad song. (laughs) (laughs) Stag Oh my gosh! Staggeringly awful. It exemplifies almost everything that is wrong with like rap rock it is like dumb to the point of criticizing it for its bad lyrics is almost beside the point it's like criticizing poo for smelling bad like that's what it does like it's inherently terrible there is like there's almost no words to describe how bad this song is like even if it's an ostensibly good message, i.e. don't drink and drive, it's so ham-fisted and bad, it makes me want to take up drinking and driving. I don't even know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking horrendous... The creators of this song should feel... Like, should feel bad as people. It is absolutely awful. Can you, are are you is, going full Zoidberg on this one? Yeah, this is bad. They should feel bad. This is the kind of thing, like... Like, there's a kind of joke I saw saying, um... 
like white people. Hey, we're going to take rap and rock from you, okay? Black people, okay, but don't combine them. White people, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> what, okay, what did you, you do? You phone who this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is everything wrong with rap rock. It's This is a, oh my God. This is a violently bad song. This might be the worst song that I've heard of Katniss so far. Oh, what, my you're God. You're calling it. Perhaps. I f- okay. I cannot fucking say it. It was a real chortle to the whole piece, the whole song. It was really an effort. I, I, I feel pretty like, proud of myself. Like, on like, the same level as Three Little Pigs? I think Ooh, I think yes, I might hate it more Jello than that. from uh, 1993's Countdown yes, season indeed. one. Which, I think, I think which I might Nathan hate it more voted than as the piece. worst song in the history of yeah. the last one. Which is it is woefully mad. That, that's yeah. a terrible song. I think it's I might hate bad. this more. Wow. Yeah, I, I cannot fucking stand it. Fuck you, funk junkies. <laughs> I mean it personally. Is that yeah. Fuck with a ph. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. My address is. <laughs> yeah. Come at me. <laughs> Come up and see me. Does anyone want to one up? Counterpoint. Um. So when it started, I I instantly thought, shit, this is going to be a terrible Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I just um, immediately thought, shit. <laughs> but no, I, like, da, 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 that, da, da. that baseline, I was like, oh shit, like they're just ripping off Rage Against the Machine. This is going to be a really shitty um, political rap rock track. And then it started and it just wasn't political. Um, social. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of, I guess. Social issues. Um, look, like it's, it's obviously terrible, <laughs> but- it was kind of fun. I couldn't even get it, eh? Yeah. Just, yeah. I I was just like, no, like this is like this is a shitty song, but I totally get enjoying it coming on the radio for its obnoxiousness. Um and I know that I've made the counter argument to similar songs in the past, so you know. But you've also because it, it reminded me of uh from last year's countdown, Whale. Is it called is, is the band Whale? Oh is it, um Whale. Yeah, yeah, think, Hobo Hump and Slowbo Babe. Whale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? I, I, it, it was that kind of... I mean, like, I think that was a more enjoyable song, because yes. maybe because it was also more ridiculous. It also wasn't a song attempting to express grief. Yeah, right? Through Could rap rock. Could you imagine them playing this at this funeral? <laughs> yeah. Because everyone like, deals with grief in their own way. And the coffin is covered with flames. Like, no, it's like not a fire, but it's got, like, yeah. a flame design. If, if the verses were about a dude, Chuck, who just, like, constantly screwed things up that's exactly what I dude who comes to a party and like knocks everything over and is just like oh what the fuck Chuck if it was that it'd be like oh yeah sure it's it's a party rap rock track that is but it's yeah it's it's, so hard it happens to be about a guy who is now D to the A to the Wait no, D to the E to the A D to the E to the A to the D. To the e to the D. Uh, Look, spelling is not of that line first. <laughs> they built the song around it. Could, I, I just imagine them fucking that up live. <laughs> now you're D to the E to the I to the oh <laughs> fucking goddamn it! Obviously, they're not great at spelling. <laughs> <laughs> you're D to the E to the D. <laughs> but yeah, like it's terrible. But like honestly, like instantly, I was like. I get how this is fun on the radio and I get why people vote for this. But I also, yeah, I don't want to say I think it's a good song because I don't. And I don't want, you know, an audio record of me saying that this is a good song. We, <laughs> We're just going to take that. And <laughs> no, right. I don't Nathan's want anyone to, I don't want anyone to like misquote me by saying this. <laughs> Nathan's about to get his pre-got. <laughs> it's like, oh, but have you heard this? <laughs> the P stands for president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the fuck, Chuck? Like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, what the God. fuck, funk junkies? Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> but- I, I, I'm, I seriously can't get over two, ide- two visions in my head. 
This song playing at his funeral. Uh, uh, every, everyone is wearing like um, dinner jackets over their singlets and three quarter pants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone throwing their caps onto the thing. Yeah. The funeral, <laughs> yes, it's really the tipping um, out some forties. Yeah. The rap rock equivalent of Adam's song. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine someone getting this tattooed on them? <laughs> As much as I don't want to, like, go there, it is a phenomenon that happens throughout the course of the hottest one. I want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a phenomenon that happens throughout the course of of, uh, the hottest 100 history that there is a vote for the swear, not the song. And I really think that's what's going on here. You like, think this is on par with Mumford and Sons? <laughs> I, look, I think Mumford and Sons is another trope codifier for this happening. But I'm, I'm coining it now. And I reckon, mark my words, it's not going to be the last time that I come back to this being a thing. But you could even say it about Closer coming in at number number two last but even year. This, this I think that's a, good, that's a good song. So I think it vote. deserves to be number two. But, but even like, this is a more aggressive thing. in America, fuck yeah, and bloody motherfucking arsehole. Yeah. yeah. There's there a vote for the there swear. are clearly people that don't like hearing this song on the radio because it's obnoxious and sweary. I'm going to keep requesting it. Yeah. I'm going to vote for it in the countdown. Sure. Uh, true. Makes sense. True. Hey, look, we already know that some people voted for Let's Go Smoke Some Pot by Dash Rip yeah. Rock. They can't vote for just one song. That's true. You know, what else? Oh, what about that? What the fuck? Yeah, they paid for a stamp. You know, you gotta it's might as well a... vote for ten songs that are terrible. What you voting for? Let's go smoke some pot. What else, Chuck? What else? Andrew, how does it make you feel to know that Funk Junkies supported Bush? Oh my Great. god! It makes you feel really good. Oh my god! I would, I would, I would love to have been at that show. Holy shit! The only other thing I have to say is that their name reminds me of the song Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. That funky Phonetically. Monkey. There's definitely a Beastie Boys vibe to some of it. Like, they like the Beastie Boys the and they want to trash on their reputation in that any way That funky they can. monkey. I also have a vision of a very young Chester Bennington and a very young Mike Shinoda sitting around the house going, man, I like rap music and, and you Fred. like rock music. We'll never, we'll never be able to get along. And then they turn on MTV and this comes on. They just both look at each other. It's just like... It begins. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Artists 100s and Thousands. God damn, thank you so much for putting up with us on the worst episode of Artists 100s and Thousands ever. Uh, uh, God, um, I, I, I vote that we don't have a best this week. Well, I, I know. I think, it, I think it's fitting that the best song on the worst episode ever is you too. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's a good song. I like I, exactly. Yeah, I think. But <laughs> also, I'm, I might go with um, Jill Sabule for my. Yeah, favorite. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. And f- I'll, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go that, that too. I'll go that too. No, I'm sticking with you yeah. too, man. They're, they're like, like my live and yeah. that song. Yeah. Anyway. My least, least favorite with a ph is. is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Least favorite. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Is anyone not picking Chuck? No. What the what the fuck, Chuck? What the fuck? Oh, God damn it. All right. Well, we're going to get the fuck out of here. But uh, thanks again for listening. Much appreciative of your time and effort on behalf. <laughs> it was effort, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to FBI, as always. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, one time, one time. On behalf of Mr. Chuck Buncher. <laughs> Chuck. On behalf of Mr. Chuck Harrison. What the fuck? <laughs> and on behalf of Mr. Chuck McDonald. Fuck. My name is David James Chuck. Keep music, Chuck. Let's get the fuck out of here. Don't drink and drive.
Okay, I just figured out where soundtracks stopped. It's Shrek. Like, <laughs> we're talking about the golden age of movie soundtracks. Oh, Shrek killed and the soundtrack. Shrek is a, it's just like everyone's like, we're not doing soundtracks. We, we, we've perfected the we're, form. There's no need to keep going. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, You've Shrek, got- Shrek 2 is a better soundtrack. <laughs> Is it Shrek really? Shrek 2 has yeah. a better soundtrack than Shrek 1. It's got Hallelujah, it's got Nick Cave, it's got Tom Waits. It does have Tom... Hallelujah's on the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's good. Tom Waits. They were originally going to use, um, I think it was John, John Cale's, Cale's version. But they used Rufus And then they ended up using oh, Rufus Wainwright's version. That kind of launched his career a little but, bit. Yeah. One of them is on the soundtrack and the other one's in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's like, weird. Like, it is weird. Like, it's really weird. Weird Shrek? Weird... They they should have checked themselves before they shake themselves. <laughs> <laughs>